The epistle for the fifth Sunday after Easter is taken from the epistle of St. James, chapter 1. Dearly beloved, be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he shall be compared to a man beholding his own countenance in a glass. For he beheld himself, and went his way, and presently forgot what manner of man he was. But he that hath looked into the perfect law of liberty, and hath continued therein, not becoming a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And if any man think himself to be religious, not bridling his tongue, but deceiving his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Religion clean and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their tribulation, and to keep oneself unspotted from this world. And the Holy Gospel is taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 16. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, Amen, amen, I say to you, if you ask the Father anything in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto you have not asked anything in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in Proverbs. The hour cometh when I will no more speak to you in Proverbs, but will show you plainly of the Father. And that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not to you that I will ask the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world, Again I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples say to him, Behold, now thou speakest plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now we know that thou knowest all things, and thou needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. When Jesus, therefore, had seen his mother, and the disciple standing whom he loved, he saith to the disciple, Behold thy mother. Words taken from the gospel of the feast of the sorrowful mother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today, my dear friends, is a day set aside for expressing our gratitude to the loveliest masterpiece of the heart of God, our mother. And for us, this means both our earthly and heavenly mothers. Into the heart of mothers, God has poured his most tender compassion, his incomprehensible mercy and gentleness, but most especially his love. And after God, we owe to no one a greater debt of thanksgiving. Now, the obligation of gratitude in general is determined by two things, the value of the gift or favor and the love or generosity which prompts the gift. Bishop Kelly once explained that the love of the donor is really more valuable than the gift itself. Thus, as St. Thomas Aquinas teaches, we owe more to a person who gives us a small gift with great generosity 
than to someone who gives us a large present unwillingly. If we apply this principle to our own lives, how are we ever to measure or repay the priceless gifts we have received from the absolute self-sacrificing love of our own mother's heart? Our mother has cooperated with God to bring us into existence at the cost of tremendous pain and suffering. And how did she bear such agony? Willingly would be an understatement, maybe even an insult to the depth and intensity of her selfless love for you. There are many examples to demonstrate this fact. You could consider your own mother as a living testimony. But I want to tell you a story that wonderfully portrays the selflessness of a mother's love. During the Second World War, 350,000 Allied troops were retreating from the advancing German soldiers. They had been pushed all the way to the ocean, and they were trapped on the beach at the port of Dunkirk in northern France. The situation was desperate. Because there were not enough boats for them, they were trapped between the ocean and the advancing German army. It seemed certain that they would all be massacred. As a last resort, the British government sent out word to everyone who owned a boat of any kind to report to different places along the British coast. They didn't say why they needed the boats. The very next day, a powerboat steamed into a certain port on the south of England. A middle-aged woman stepped out and reported to a very young naval officer. Well, here I am, smiled the woman. What am I to do? The young officer seemed a little embarrassed. He fumbled for words. Well, madam, he stammered. I, well, I mean, the government... He paused, not knowing how to tell this woman that volunteers were needed to cross the English Channel under constant air assault from German planes. Even now, he could hear the fighter planes drawing closer, and he could hear the dull explosion of bombs in the distance. Well, asked the waiting woman. Madam, the words tumbled out with a rush, the government needs people to cross over that and he waved his arm in the direction of the channel. To evacuate our armies at Dunkirk, it means almost certain death, and it's no job for a woman. Young man, said the lady to the officer, may I remind you that I am old enough to be your mother, and precisely because I am that old, I have had a rendezvous with death on five previous occasions. Each time one of my babies was born. Two of those babies are somewhere with the army over there. I brought them through safely before, and now I'm going to try to do it again. I also hold a master mariner's certificate. Now, do I go? Needless to say, she went. This incident paints a beautiful picture of a mother's love. No difficulty is insurmountable, no danger too terrifying, no suffering too terrible for a mother's love when the happiness 
or the safety of her child is at stake. But unlike this story, the heroism of most of our mothers does not make the front lines of the paper. No, instead, they devote their entire lives, all their strength to their children's happiness on the hidden stage of their own small homes. Her day begins at dawn and goes deep into the night. She has no breaks, no time for herself. She cooks the meals, helps us off to school, or in many cases, she teaches us school herself. She cleans the house, washes and folds the laundry, scrubs the dishes, solves our disputes and fixes our clothes. But perhaps more difficult than all the physical toil and pain is the emotional suffering that she endures on our account. Who can understand the anguish of a mother as she agonizes over just the right words to use in administering a correction? The sleepless hours she spends in prayer because of our faults, or the anxieties and fears that she suffers from our waywardness. And what return does she desire? What return does she want for all these years of devoted service? Only that we save our souls by living a good Catholic life. But how else can we show our gratitude? First, you can tell her thank you. That you appreciate her sacrifices, the ones you know about, and the far more numerous ones, the hidden ones, known only to God and herself. Tell her that you love her. Though she may already know this, this is one thing that a mother never grows tired of hearing. In addition, our love and gratitude should move us to do something today for our mothers because love not expressed by action is not true love. Consider the best way to show your appreciation for your mother. Perhaps you could cook a special meal for her or give her a break from the dishes. But most importantly, offer your mass and Holy Communion today for her and be sure to pray for her not just today, but every day of your lives how much this means to a mother. And in thanking your earthly mother today, do not forget also to say thank you to your heavenly mother. All the sacrifices and all the love of all the mothers in the world combined are as nothing compared to the love and the sacrifices which the Blessed Mother has made to give us supernatural life. She sacrificed her own son on the cross for love of us. When hanging on the cross, our divine Savior urged us to contemplate this love of Mary. Looking down upon his sorrowful mother and St. John, who represented each one of us, our Lord cried out, Behold thy mother. That is, look at her. See the intensity of her love for you. Consider the grief that she endured to bring you life. As the co-redemptrix, she brought you forth to supernatural life at the cost of the most cruel pains.
a faint understanding of the cost of her sacrifice can be glimpsed in the anguish of a mother who loses a child. No greater grief, I think, can even be imagined. But the Blessed Mother willingly offered her son, her son who is infinitely more perfect and lovable than any child, and she delivered him up to the most excruciating death of the cross for the love of us. How can we thank such a mother? She herself told us what she wanted when she appeared at Fatima. Pray the daily rosary. Make time each day for this prayer, for it is truly important to your heavenly mother and for your own spiritual welfare. But don't just say the rosary to get through it. Try to pray each Hail Mary with love and attention. This is the greatest honor and praise that we can give to the Blessed Mother. We will never come to fully appreciate what our mothers, earthly and heavenly, have done for us. The pain they have endured and the tears that they have shed for us. However, let us do our best today and every day to make some return of love, to prove ourselves grateful for so many gifts. Our efforts, no matter how insignificant, if motivated by our love, will ensure that our mothers, our earthly mother and our blessed mother, will receive today what they so well deserve, a truly happy Mother's Day. May God bless you and may God bless our mothers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.